Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mbappe, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight preview for this weekend's action. Another bumper weekend of fights. Really looking forward to seeing what happens this coming weekend. Johnston is here, as always. We're going to be reviewing some of these fights that are coming up and, and seeing how these things will pan out. So there's a good few fights on this weekend. And before we get into any sort of analysis of anything, the fights that we're looking at this weekend, Jaime Munguia, Jimmy Kelly, Trevor Bryan, Daniel Dubois, Edgar Belanga, Roma, Alexis Angulu. We've got Richard Riakpour versus Fabio Turchi, Jermaine Brown, Zach Cheller, Mark Leach, Liam Davis. A lot of great fights this weekend. Uh, we've got Bakadur Jalalov as well fighting this weekend, which we will mention throughout the course of the show. So... It is another big fight preview where there's quite a lot of relatively decent fights that we want to cover in this episode. So we'll go through the best ones of the weekend and obviously mention some of the fights that are on some of these undercars. But Johnston, I'm looking forward to the weekend. There's, there's some fights where I feel like they feel like a little bit of a mismatch and then there's some fights where I feel like actually, you know, these are, these are genuine 50-50s. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, the general... It's literally a 50-50, as you say. Um, some, are, I believe, are pretty one-sided, which we'll go into, and others are a, a lot more competitive than the other ones. But all in all, I mean, there's a lot of events out there across sort of the world, um, really. I mean, specifically over on these shores, America and in Mexico. So there's a lot of fights to get through. But as you say, some competitive, some definitely mismatches, but <laughs> we'll go into that. So where do we start then? Because there's no one fight for me this weekend that stands out a mile. Like, Jimmy Kelly going to fight Hermie Munguia. Maybe I'll start there. This is one of them where I feel like, as much as I like Jimmy Kelly, because he's from Manchester, I've met Jimmy, I've interviewed Jimmy many times before over the years, but I do genuinely feel like he's up against it against Hermie Munguia. 
And fair play to Jimmy, he's got himself in this position for this fight. But I just genuinely can't see a way past Jaime Munguia getting a victory against him. And this is why I said this is one of the fights that I feel like it is a little bit of... I'm not going to say a complete mismatch. I'm going to say levels. I think there's there's always levels to this sport. That cliche saying everybody loves to use. There is certain levels in the sport. And I don't think Jimmy Kelly is on the same level as Jaime Munguia. I think Jaime Munguia, he's shown his vulnerabilities. He's been lucky to, to get through his career so far unscathed. He's going into his 40th pro fight, by the way, at this point. With no defeats on his record. But... He's got a guy in front of him who I think he's going to make him look good and going to make him look that guy again who people fear in this division. I think people recently have looked at him and gone, you know, is he really as good as what we think he is? Is he is he got too much of a padded record? Bearing in mind, obviously, he was in the super welterweight division previously. You know, what do you think about this fight? coming up and the fact that he was obviously jumping up in weights, Jaime Munguia, to take this chance and this challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar on your terms. I just can't see Kelly really having much of an impact on Munguia. I just think Munguia is, as you say, he's a level above. He's just a better fighter, all-rounder. He's got more power. I think he's better technically. I just think he's got everything in his favour to make it a pretty easy night for him. Um, against Kelly and, and as you say we don't want to disrespect Jimmy Kelly he's going over to America to challenge himself and you've got to respect that and we've said that before in terms of these guys having our guys in particular having to go overseas and, and put themselves in a position where it's literally you know if they foul it's not the end of the world they can always come back but in terms of levels, mate, I just can't see Kelly getting anywhere past the sixth round, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I may be wrong, um, but I just think it's just a, a level too far for him. And I just think it's going to be uh, a comfortable night. I mean, Kelly's just going to have to be on his toes and be away from him as long as he possibly can and take him as far into the fight as possible and try and make it as competitive as possible. But to be honest, he's going to have to be on his toes and, and on the run for pretty much all the fight. I don't think he's got the power to really impose himself on Munguia, whereas I think Munguia has, and I think eventually we'll catch him and I sort of see it around the middle rounds to be honest with you. I'm not too dissimilar in terms of the prediction for this fight I mean I'm looking at Munguia and obviously we remember his, his start to his career how he's made his way up through the super welterweight division and he had a few fights in the middleweight division and this particular bout is actually up at super middleweight which you know, I'm yeah. not so surprising with Munguia I think at times he did look like he was struggling to make the weight but now he's going up to a weight where maybe he could be He'll either be impactful or he won't, and we'll we'll get to see it. But I don't think Jimmy Kelly's going to be the guy that's going to show us whether Munguia's going to be any sort of a force in the super middleweight division. I mean, the bit the big fights that Jimmy Kelly's had in his career. I think the biggest victory was in his last fight against Kanat Islam. He won the vacant WBO global middleweight title. So both of these fighters, you know, are are stepping up. Jimmy Kelly again has always been a super welterweight himself, but they're both fighting up at super middleweight in this fight for, for I'm not too sure of the reasons why they're both fighting up there but they're both obviously going up in weight to, to, to fight each other which is a great opportunity for both men but I think Munguia is the favourite and I think he stops Jimmy Kelly around the middle rounds uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it'd be earlier than that maybe three or four rounds in once he, once he figures him out I think 
we're going to see a stoppage. And again, I hate to go against our guys, but you know we've got to be objective here, haven't we? We've got to be objective and, and realistically, if if we see there's a difference in levels between two fighters, you know we've got to point this out, and there certainly is in this fight. That that's one fight I am interested to look at this weekend. I mean, I am interested to see how. Munguia gets on and how Kelly gets on. I'm, I'm expecting a Munguia win. Uh, that's live on DAZN this weekend. Or you can go and see our friends at Daz TV on Twitter, at Daz TV, for all the available services they have on there. Now, moving forward then, I don't think there's too much more we can cover for, for that particular fight. I want to move forward to look at the Trevor Bryan-Daniel Dubois fight, which is an interesting fight. It's promoted by our good old friend, Mr. Slippery, Don King, promoting this fight. <laughs> with one of the worst fight posters I've ever seen. It looked like it was uh, done in cl clip art or paint. It, it was one of the worst fight posters I've ever seen to promote a fight. But, you know, he's got the purse bids for this fight. He's hosting this fight. Trevor Bryan's his champion. He holds the WBA heavyweight title, or the regular version of it, should we add. And he's fighting Daniel Dubois. And obviously, we know Daniel Dubois. We know he was destined for great things until he come up against Joe Joyce in 2020 and got stopped in 10 rounds albeit with that, that terrible eye injury that he suffered. But he's since been back. He's got a KO in the second round and a KO in the first round. He's continuing that dominant streak that he was on up until he fought Joe Joyce. But he's fighting a guy who's in front of him, who is undefeated, by the way, Trevor Bryan, 22-0. But I looked at Trevor Bryan's resume. I looked at a few of his fights going into this podcast and I wasn't overly impressed with what he brings to the table. His biggest win is over Bermain Stavern. An aged Bermain Stavern, the same Bermain Stavern that was WBC champion until Wilder dethroned him many years ago. So, now that being said, I think it's a pretty good, evenly matched fight at this stage of both of their careers. Because, you know, we know Dubois, for me, he's better than British level. And Joyce is, is world level. He's one of the top 10 heavyweights in the world. We know this. So, Dubois, for me, just sort of sits outside that top 10 and Trevor Bryan's got a portion of the WBA title. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for Daniel Dubois here to, to go in there and pick up a portion of the heavyweight title. But can he do it? Can he beat Trevor Bryan? Is Trevor Bryan good enough to beat Daniel Dubois? What, what are you making of this fight? I'm happy that the WBA title is now... I mean, since, what, 2016, when Lucas Brown had this title, the regular belt, it's been a, an absolute joke. I mean, you've had Chard and you've had Brian. I mean, how Brian and Stiverne ever got an opportunity to fight for this title is beyond me. I know it's just a regular one, but it's almost, it's just, it's an irrelevant title. You call it regular, it's irrelevant. It means nothing. I mean, it's just, as you say, it's a portion of that title. Away from that, it is not an easy night, really, for Daniel. I don't, I don't believe it's going to be an easy night. I mean, I know, for me... Um, Trevor Bryan, I mean, he's an old boy. Uh, he's been around the block, hasn't he? He's been around for a while, too. But he feels like he's been around forever. He's held this. He's a big fella and all. Um, and I do sort of feel like when I look at the fight and I look at both guys' physiques, that you know, I can sort of see a Tony Thompson here. Tony Thompson against David Price. Um, it is a potential banana skin for Daniel, but. I do think Trevor Bryan is limited and I believe that I don't feel that he's ever fought anyone with the power of Daniel. So that's going to be very interesting when he does land, whether he can actually stand up to it. He may do. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he won't, but th there's no reason to suggest why he wouldn't, I suppose, because he's undefeated. But 22-0, and 0, 15 knockouts. I mean, look, as you say, Stavern, BJ Flores, the names on his resume is pretty poor let's be honest uh, when you look at Daniels obviously he come up short against Joe Joyce but that's a great learning curve for him as long as his eyes 
okay and it can stand up to any of the whacks he gets, then I do think Daniel can come through this. But I do have a suspicion, especially when you've got old Mr. Slippery involved, whether Daniel might need the knockout to get this victory, unless it's an absolute landslide. If there's any tight rounds, again, I mean, I mentioned this before. I always mention this because I can't help it because there is corruption in the sport, and especially when it comes to donking. So I do wonder if Daniel may need the knockout, and I do feel that he will get it. I think it would be quite late, though. I think it, it will eventually work him out, and I think I don't think Trevor Bryan's going to stand up to him. So for me, I think Daniel does do it, and I think it's a good learning, another good learning curve for him finding Miami epoxy poster this is all the learning curves of becoming a heavyweight champion at some point in his career hopefully it's a great fight for him i'm, I'm not denying the fact that it is a uh, it's a brilliant fight for for daniel and a brilliant opportunity regardless of what we think of these belts that's just our opinion i mean it's a lot of other people's opinions as well of course but it's it's just our opinion on what we think about the bullshit belts that that, that the way they seg segregate them and move them around and, and create extra belts for the purposes of sanctioning fees which is the reason why there is regulars and supers and interims as we know but it's an opportunity for daniel then to put his name in with a shout at fighting a bigger name in the future which ultimately is it's the aim of the game you're not in this sport to just sit around and fight nobodies for, for your career. If that's what you want to do, then you might as well become a journeyman and just be on the road and just take the money every week. Simple as that. But a guy like Daniel Dubois wants to be a world champion. He's got an opportunity to have a portion of it here against Trevor Bryan. It's going to be an interesting fight because I honestly think like it's either going to be an early knockout or it's going to be a, a long, drawn-out affair maybe even a bit of a bore fest where potentially Daniel Dubois gets robbed, like you say, on the cards because it's a dunking promotion. It's in America. Unfortunately, that corruption that lies within the sport, in particular around that certain individual in Miss Don King, then you kind of feel yourself that he's got to knock him out anyway. No matter what he, no matter what he does, he's got to knock him out. So I honestly think he does. I, like My opinion is that Daniel Dubois come, becomes a the regular WBA champion by knocking out Trevor Bryan. I think I think you'll get him early. I think that's going to be the plan for them. I think they're not going to leave anything to the judges. They're not going to leave anything to anybody else. They're going to go over there and they're going to knock Trevor Bryan out and they're going to walk away with that. And then that'll hopefully then put Daniel Bryan in a per, Daniel Daniel Bryan Daniel Dubois in a position <laughs> to, uh, to to fight a, a bigger name in the future. Might even potentially look at. The Joyce rematch, that might be something down the line. Joyce was supposed to be fighting Parker. That fight is now being cancelled or postponed, as they've said. So what easier fight to make for Frank Warren would be a rematch between Dubois and Joyce with the portion of the WBA title on the line. I think that, yeah. that kind of makes sense for yeah. from a from a business perspective. But Daniel's got to get past Trevor Bryan first. That, that's the biggest thing for me is, can he knock him out? Can he do it early? If he doesn't, Will he get robbed on the cards? Or will Trevor Bryan hurt Daniel Dubois? And is Daniel Dubois ever going to be the same again since that loss to Joyce? They're the questions that I don't think we've fully had the answers to yet. And I think this fight will tell us that because Trevor Bryan can whack, as we know. His record tells us and his, his career so far tells us that he can whack. So if he lands, if he lands and he hurts him, will Dubois get through the storm? Will he be able to come back and... and Stop Trevor Bryant. There's a lot of if, buts, and maybes to this fight, but they're they're the possible ways in this in which this fight can go down. Ultimately, I think Dubois wins it. I think he does knock Trevor Bryant out. He's got the power to do it. I don't think Bryant's been in there with someone 
uh, as agile and as mobile uh, and as young and as fresh as De Bruyne's career. And with Brian being an older heavyweight champion, I think De Bruyne's going to look at using his footwork. He's going to use it, look at his faster hands. And I think he's going to get on the inside. He's going to land a big punch. And I think that's when we're going to see that Daniel De Bruyne is at that level where he will fight big fighters again in the future. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean... The- it's, I mean, you look at Brian, and and um, there isn't anything spectacular about him. There really isn't. And uh, surely the the conversation in camp to Daniel is literally just, you know, don't allow this to go to the judges and make your right hand the judges. That's how you got to do it. Like the old, um, I think it was Joe Frazier was told, make that left hook your judge. And Daniel Dubois has got to make his big right hand that judge in Miami and, and I think he can I think even if he doesn't knock him out completely he's got to put him down a couple of times at least do not make this cl- do not make this close uh, and make uh, and the other thing is we don't know whether with Brian when he gets put under a little bit of pressure if he's actually just going to buckle and give it up he may well do that's a strong possibility got all the tools to do it it's just a mental thing isn't it from the eye thing and whether if he does get a big whack whether he's going to have the ability to to grind on uh, a lot of people called him a quitter we didn't we said that we we were encouraged by the fact that he realized his eye was badly ruptured and he made the decision himself to stay down and take that count to save himself for another day well this is the other day go and do the job daniel go and get a portion of the wba title and then look for bigger and brighter future for yourself because i do believe he has that ability in him absolutely so let's move on to Richard Riakpour versus Fabio Turcher in the cruiserweight division it was only a couple of weeks ago we was talking about how the light heavyweights and cruiserweights domestically are at a level where there's that many of them now that any one of them could move forward and be in big fights for world titles Richard Riakpour is one of those fighters that we've said we want him to move forward and we want him to push for a big fight in his future. Now, he's taking on the 20-1 and Fabio Turcher in the fight this weekend, who, let's be honest, he's a, he's a pretty good fighter himself. He's, he's fought guys over here before. He's fought and beat Tony Conquest in 2018. He lost on a split decision to Tommy McCarthy in 2019. So, he isn't no mug. You know, he is a guy that... It's got the power to hurt the likes of Richard Riakpour. But from what we know of Riakpour so far, he has also got the power in both of them hands to hurt Turcher and potentially stop him in his tracks. Now, that one defeat is a split decision for Turchi. So, Turchi's never been stopped. He's never been knocked out. So, can Riakpour be the man to do it? Well, 
I think possibly he could be, given what we've seen him do. Earlier this year, he had a great domestic fight with Dion Juma, who was also 14-0. And he dropped Juma on a couple of occasions. And he went on to get the 8th round stoppage against him. Prior to that, he's beaten the likes of Chris Billum Smith, Tommy McCarthy, Sam Hyde, Jack Massey. And we know from what we've seen of him so far that he's ready for this step up. I do think this is a it's a bit of a prelude to world level fights. I think Turcher is probably European level, maybe at best. And I think this is the prelude to that. And I think if Richard React was to go on to challenge for a world title, this is a good stepping stone to do so. And I think he needs to win this fight in emphatic fashion. Turchi is going to come in there. He is going to put it on Poor. He can punch himself. And I think this was what Poor needs at this stage of his career. He needs these very live opponents. These opponents that are coming there to win these fights. That are coming there to upset the guy that's being favoured as the winner of this fight before they've even got in the ring. So... I'm looking forward to this particular fight. I think if Reactpo blows Turchi out of there, then surely, surely we've got to be talking about him fighting at least an ex-world champion or challenging for a world title. I'm sure that they can put him on the pedestal to fight for a world title in the not-too-distant future. What are you making of this fight for Richard Reactpo? Do you think it is a step in the right direction for him? Yeah, it's a funny one. It's almost like a bit of a sideways step for me when you look at Turchi. I mean, as you say, Turchi, he's a game fighter. Like he, I did watch the fight in Milan uh, against Dillian uh, Brigion, uh, who was a lot taller, uh, pretty much the same height as a Reactpoor. And what Turchi did, he got more on his toes. He was He's pretty flat-footed normally, especially against that Tom, against Tom McCarthy in his home I think he was in Italy wasn't it so um, I, I didn't I didn't like his performance that night I thought Tommy McCarthy fought really well and deserved it. he looked like I think it was like a, a plan I think maybe they had Riappour in their mind to fight this and getting at his chest but that, that Dylan I mean the French guy he caused him problems behind the jab but then he stopped throwing the jab and he's got nowhere near the power uh, of a Richard Riappour but Turchi will come forward and when he gets on your chest he throws a lot of combinations he won't be frightened to throw the jab and then look to come in and throw some combinations in at Richard. And he'll be up on his toes. I think he'll be looking to be moving, moving his head. He's southpaw as well. That's another element I suppose they're looking at. And Riappour does tower over pretty much all the cruiserweight. So for me, I think he's probably... A, it, it, he's planning for fighting those smaller guys. It's, it's tricky as well to where he goes. Is he going to get the Lawrence of way and then you look at the other champions and he sort of sits around six and seven and I think nine in one of the organizations in terms of um, the rankings so he's not even close and, and Tertius doesn't even he doesn't even get mentioned I mean he should be looking at guys like Babu, Badu Jack for me I think an experienced warrior like the guy who, who wants to really go to the trend huge I know I know uh, Jack is an older lad I think he's like 38 39 but I think that's a better fight for Riappo than this one I think he's looking at this as another stepping stone, but it's a bit of a sideways step for me. And I think he does stop him. I really do. I think he's got enough power and he's going to use his long jab. And if he doesn't stop him, because Turchi's a strong guy, he is. He's a, I think he, maybe he can with help with stand his grand and maybe get up if he gets back down again. But I think Riappoort inevitably will work behind that jab, look for the big boom in right hand, left hands. And eventually I think he gets him and, and he does stop him. But... I wouldn't be surprised if Turchi survives it. I do think it will be just due to his power. Uh, whereas Turchi, as I say, if, if he gets 
stuck behind that jab, he's going to have difficulty trying to get around it. It's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing whether Riakpour can stamp his authority on this this particular night. And then we can start to look at what is next for him. And you mentioned, you made some good points there about the fact that, obviously, he's not ranked very highly in the organisation. So where does he go next? The likes of Badu Jack, you know, maybe even a Sergei Kovalev, who's made that recent jump Kovalev. up to, to, yeah. to cruise, cruise away as well. So, you know, these are a couple of huge names that have done so much in the sport. And maybe just maybe, even though they are past their best, they would be great scalps on the record of Richard Riakpour. It, it's an, I don't know, it's a no-win situation, I think, sometimes like that, because if we say, you know, fight Kovalev or fight Badu Jackie, we know we're natural cruiserweights. Riakpour is a natural cruiserweight, potentially even a heavyweight at some point. You know, is he just beating on an older, smaller man? Are people just going to say that? Uh, yeah. that, that that's the biggest point that you can take away from it. Whereas, obviously, if he's fighting live opponents or opponents that are younger, that are, are as hungry as he are, and he gets them big fights, then maybe that's where we'll get to see the best of him. I, I, I mean, I, I'd like to see him move forward from this point on, but he's got to get past Turcher this weekend first. And if he does, then they've got to put him in a bigger fight. That, that For me, that's the next thing. He's had a great fight against Dion Juma. I thought that was a really good 50-50 fight. And I was really happy he had that. And he got the victory. But now, if he gets past Turchi, then you've got to move on. You've got to look for the live opponents in that top 10 that are going to give him the challenge he needs before fighting for a world title. So, let's see how we get on this weekend, Mr. Riakpour. And hopefully, if he gets through this, then we can start to talk about what is next in the review show next week. So, other fights, Johnston, then, this weekend. We mentioned them at the top of the show. BT Sport have got a card on Frank Warren, Queensbury Promotions, headlined by Mark Leach versus Liam Davis for the British Super Bantamweight title. Mark Leach defending that British Super Bantamweight title against the undefeated Liam Davis. Uh, another great fight uh, for this particular card, but I've had a look through the card and the depths of it, and I'm not overly impressed because... I'll be honest, it is literally just prospect versus journeyman all the way through, barring the chief support, which is the super flyweight clash, the third encounter between Ijaz Ahmed and Casey Kadime, which, you know, they've had a good couple of fights, to be fair to them, and, you know, if you've enjoyed watching their first two, you'll probably enjoy watching this third fight between the two of them. So, if you're looking for fights this weekend to watch, Mark Leach versus Liam Davis will be a good fight to watch, because Mark Leach... I think he's on the cusp now of, of fighting the bigger names in the super bantamweight division. He is proven that he is better than domestic level for me. I've seen better than domestic out of him and I want to see him move forward. Once he's defended this, I'd like to see him move further forward. But that's not for me to do. That's down to his promoter. And of course, if his promoter, Frank Warren doesn't want to marinate him for too long maybe we can actually see him move forward in his career so that card is also on saturday night it's actually a really really stacked weekend for the sport we've mentioned all these fights and then obviously we've got fights you know over in america as well that we haven't even spoke about yet you know the, we've talked about the munguia fight we've talked about the kelly we've talked about brian and dubai edgar belanga in the super middleweight division 19 and 0 roma alexis Angulu is his opponent, 27-2. and two. At MSG in New York, uh, a great fight for Belanga. Another great fighter that we've enjoyed covering so far throughout the course of his career. 
But is he really going to be one of them guys that is going to move forward and challenge the likes of the Caleb Plants and the Billy Joe Saunders of the world? The the fighters that are still around, aside from Canelo in the super middleweight division. I don't think everybody was overly impressed when his, his coveted knockout streak was ended. But he's still shown that he has got a lot to give and a lot to learn. And I think this is a great fight for him this weekend. It is, um, <clears throat> Belanga. I mean, the Rolls fight was a decent fight for him. It was. He, he learned a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> obviously, realizing now that he can't just bowl people up in the early stages of his career, you could see he was always looking for the big knockout um, and sometimes looking too much for it. And, and better fighters work that out, and, and you know, ev- eventually they use their brain and, and they're able to take him the distance. And um, I think now what, what you are seeing with the Steve Rolls fight, I suppose there were still elements of that where he's still searching for that knockout. But I, I feel like now I think he has made slight adjustments where I think he's going to just wait for him now, wait for him to present themselves and then go for the knockout, which would make him a better fighter. And I can understand that, you know, when you're like a young lad coming through, you're bowling paper lad, then all of a sudden uh, you find you just can't get rid of certain opponents. You've got to be careful. And that's what's happened to him before. So it's a good fight for him, I suppose. I mean, um, Angulo, he had the David Benavides fight. I think he lost that on retirement. Then I think he, he, he quit. I'm not sure he quit, but he had an injury or, or something. I can't quite remember it. But for me, um, Belanga, I mean, this guy's 38 years of age. If, if Belanga wants to move on, this is a guy he needs to just, again, just just needs to, to bide his time. He can box as well a little bit. I think he needs to show that more. I think if he can, if he can do that in this fight and then just wait for that knockout, and, and it will present itself because it always happens. And then eventually it will get rid of uh, Alexis Angulo. I do believe that. I don't think he's going to go to this. But then again, you never know. I mean, I, I sort of felt he'd, he'd do the same thing against Steve Rolls. But Rolls was uh, cute enough, too clever enough and causing problems. So I, I don't think Angulo's as good as a fighter as Rolls. So for me, I think this is a, one of those where he gets another knockout and then he needs to sort of step it up again and um, really look at taking some bigger names in the division um, to see if he is good enough. He is knocking everyone out. I mean, he looks ferocious, looks... But who was he knocking at? He's, he's knocking at just tomato cans, wasn't he? Let's be honest. So <laughs> now he's stepping up a few levels. It, it'd be interesting. I think, look, this is, this is just a stepping stone for him. Get the victory. Hopefully, wait for that knockout, get that knockout, and then move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, that seems to be the way forward for him. I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. It's always an exciting fighter to watch. Can he do it? Can he, he knock Angulo out? Can he do it? That's the thing. If he does it and he does it in fashion, then people will start to believe that maybe he could be a challenger in the future in the super middleweight division. I mean, he's still got time on his side as well. I think that's the one thing we need to point out. He has still got time on his side. Even though this is his 20th fight, he still has got years ahead of him. I think, and I think that's one thing we need to remember as well. Yes, we don't like seeing him fight some cans for too long, but we also realise that you know he's a young enough lad to be able to be moved up, not too fast, but not too slow at the same time. Make sure they're fighting former world champions, you know, contenders, whatever you want to stick him in there with. Just don't stick him in with guys that are not going to help him learn any more than what he needs to learn to go on to fight for world titles. So let's see how he gets on. And another another fighter that's exciting to watch. Can he get a knockout? Well, we'll see this weekend. So, just going back to the UK and the Reactpool card then. A couple of fights and fighters that are in action this weekend. The chief support of the Reactpool fight is Jermaine Brown versus Zach Chelly for the super middleweight title. The English super middleweight title, I might add. Undefeated Jermaine Brown, 12-0 against Zach Chelly, 11-1-1. 
I'm excited for this one as well. I think this is another great fight. It's a great fight domestically for both of these guys. Zach Chelly claims he's the best British super middleweight fighter in the country at the moment. But Jermaine Brown, 12-0. He's also in the same position. So does he. He thinks he's a, he thinks he's the best super middleweight in England, in the UK. Can he beat Zach Chelly? Or can Zach Chelly beat Jermaine Brown? It's a good fight. It's another good 50-50 fight from the weekend that I would say to everybody listening, don't miss it because it will show you who is moving forward in their career. It will show us as fight fans that you know these are probably the next guys from the UK that will potentially be looking to to fight world level opponents but they've got to get for each other first it's a good fight good chief support fight uh, on the card uh, chris congo he's also back in action 13 and 1 against sebastian famella uh, vidal riley 5 and 0 he's fighting this weekend the debut of lauren price uh, something we're looking forward to obviously following the olympics from from last year we're looking forward to seeing lauren in action this weekend and then super welterweight joe pigford again back on the card in his 20th professional fight. Now, we've spoke about Joe before, and... Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know who he's fighting because it's not been fully confirmed as yet as it stands as we record this episode. So... To me, that just indicates it's going to be an activity fight. It's going to be a fight that's going to be against a guy who's not really going to put up too much of a challenge and, and just keep Joe active. Uh, he's one of them UK fighters that we've mentioned. Uh, uh, frustrating, frustrating to say the least. Padded record, yes. He needs to move on, absolutely. He's not going to do that fighting guys that are going to be there to pick up a paycheck. It's as simple as that. And I want to see him move forward. That super welterweight division domestically and world level, as we've found out in the past few months, is, is fantastic. There's some brilliant fighters out there. He needs that step up. But that is the makeup of the card. That is the main card in, in the UK this weekend. We've mentioned, obviously, the Mark Leach, Liam Davis bill, and we mentioned that it was Prospect versus Journeyman, which it, it pretty much is. I'm not going to make no lies about that. If you're looking to tune into that, you literally are just going to see a, a raft of Prospect versus Journeyman. So choose wisely in terms of who you want to see fight this weekend because there are some fighters which are pretty much just lined up to get them victories to continue to make their record even greater than, than what it already is. And there's fights this weekend that we haven't mentioned yet and I'm going to hand this over to you now, Johnston. You wanted to talk about Jalalov fighting as well and obviously a certain fight over in Mexico as well. Yeah, there's a good bill in Mexico also on uh, the zone as well. Uh, it's Kayuchi, Kayuchi in the, the light flyweight division um, fighting Esteban Bermudez, who is the WBA Super World Light Fly uh, Champion. Uh, and Bermudez is... He's the, the Mexican um, that, uh, up in Mexico, he defeated uh, Canizales in a fight that was a real shock. Canizales, Canizales was expected to, to beat Bermudez in Mexico, and it was supposed to, you know, he was undefeated, uh, Venezuelan. But B Bermudez 
come through it. And I, I tell you what, when I watched that fight again, and, and Bermudez is, he's very slow. It's really weird. He just seems to throw these shots like a snail. It's crazy to watch. And he sort of leans in and sort of, there's no real skill behind his punches. Um, but when, when sort of they on the end of the shot, it and half take effect. Uh, and Gonzalez found that out. He got put down and then staggering around and eventually got knocked out badly. Yeah, so Canizales, he, he ended up getting absolutely sparked out in the end. It was a great shot. And, um, I mean, it was, as I say, it was, a, it was a great shot and a great shock. Nobody expected it whatsoever. But um, this fight in particular, I mean, they both held the WBA titles. I think one held the regular, one held the super. So this is a fight where finally we're going to get a, a genuine WBA super light flyweight champion um, or, or a light flyweight champion sorry so you've got super and regular uh, that's stupidness that this is this is for a legitimate WBA fight but yeah just uh, Kayaguchi um, he had a great fight against a guy called Vega as well a four foot nothing fella um, broke his hand on him but he would have been the smallest champion ever if he'd have actually beaten uh, Kayaguchi as well but this is a great fight it really is it's an excellent fight in the lower class and uh, if you if you love a good scrap between a Japanese and a Mexican they will present that for you as I say Bermudez seems very slow but when he hits him he hits him he, he ended a shot in half at you hard uh, look no further than, than the, the Canizares fight but great technically can throw some great body shots in so yeah I just expect it to be potentially a fight of the year and then the other one to mention is uh, Jesus Martinez. This is the American guy that's making his debut, who is actually co-managed by Joe Calzaghe and Darren Barker. It's their first fighter. Calzaghe was speaking about it on Saturday night very highly, sort of saying he's going to be a, a great fighter. He's a bantamweight. So, um, yeah, if, if you wanted to keep an eye on him as well, because Calzaghe is speaking, as I say, very highly of him. So it's definitely one to look out for. Absolutely. We mentioned, obviously, at the top of the show, Bakadir Jalalov also fighting this weekend. Uh, another step up in opposition for him. I'm... A little bit sceptical at the moment with, with Jalalov because I know he's a bit of a machine and a monster, but until he starts getting these big-name opponents, until he starts scalping these former contenders' champions, that's when I really will prick up and start taking interest in him. At the moment, I understand what they're trying to do, but I think in a few more fights down the line, that's when we'll really start to get a little bit excited about the prospects of what he could potentially do in his career. So I won't spend any more time talking about that, but it is another fight to tune into this weekend if you're watching from around the world. So plenty of action this weekend. Looking forward to it. You know, we've got some great fighters in action. Got some good 50-50 matchups. And overall, okay, it's not a spectacular weekend. There isn't a big marquee name. Jaime Munguia, maybe to me, is the biggest name fighting this weekend. But, you know, we've got some great fights on the undercards. We've got some good 50-50 matchups. So do make sure you tune into them this coming weekend. And that is it for the Big Fight Preview. Fight fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcast or Google or Spotify. If you are an Apple already, please make sure you've left us a rating and a review. Truly does help us. Make sure you have left it because it is so important to continue that word of mouth about our podcast. Now, if you've not already subscribed to us in different ways, please go and check out the YouTube channel. Even if you don't consume our content through YouTube, we are so close to that 1,000 mark. Please just go and click the subscribe button. You can get access to all our available content on there, of course, if you do want to consume it that way. But even if you don't, just please press the subscribe button because it will really help us. Really, really will. We're so close to getting to that coveted 1,000 mark. A final shout-out. 
to the patrons of the podcast you guys are supporting us you've had ad free access to this episode so you won't have been listening to any of the ads in between at the start or even at the end of this episode coming so thank you as always to you guys for giving that support to our podcast network for us we're signing off have a good weekend hope you enjoy the fights and we'll see you next week for a review of all the big fights Podcast Network.